0: Welcome to episode 227 of the Red Box Report, the weekly <coughs> movie podcast <laughs> where we review all the latest movies that come out on DVD or Blu-ray for Red Box. I am your host Bob Fallon,
1: and I'm your co-host Brooks Fallon.
0: And on this episode, we're going to be reviewing War for the Planet of the Apes, as well as Stranger Things two. The Newest Netflix TV sequel show craze. Hit. craze. It's oh, it's sweeping the nation three four weeks ago, and uh, and then we'll talk about everything else we've watched and played video game wise over the past month since our last episode. That's how long it has been. Yeah, what's going on in your life?
1: Uh, quite a lot. Um, kind of getting uh, some dental work done and. Been working a lot, busy, but uh, uh, I've got one more time deployment. I disappointment. The hard stuff will be over with and on, to, uh, on ne- to better things.
0: Our next venture, which, yep, we are winding down the life cycle of the Redbox Report. Um, but don't be alarmed, we will still be here uh, just under a different name and slightly different
1: format. Yeah, but- and hopefully, some more hosts and guests.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. New year, new <laughs>
1: us. But uh, new we,
0: we will trickle trickle out more details of that as the weeks go on. I think we've got like maybe three or four more episodes before the change happens. Yeah. But uh, for now, we're still the Redbox support. So let's get into what we do. Over here, which is, on this episode, reviewing war for the planet of the apes. Let me pull up a plot synopsis. I should have thought of that <laughs> before. But um, Now, this isn't the last one, right? This is the third of the trilogy. I thought they were making a fourth. They might. I mean, I don't know yeah. if they're going to do like a whole nother trilogy, just keep the story going. Um, yeah. No spoilers, but we'll get into why this is for sure, like, (laughs) the end of this trilogy. Yeah, Like, I could see how it is a trilogy. Uh, The synopsis is, after the apes suffer unimaginable losses, Caesar wrestles with his darker instincts and begins his own mythic quest to avenge his kind. Yeah, so I guess this movie... Picks up right, or is some time jump since the last movie, Dawn of the, for the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes ended. Um, I think it's just, like two years ish. Yeah, just seems like you know the the apes continue to sweep. <laughs> just speaking of Stranger Things, sweep in the nation. The apes are sweeping <clears throat> the nation. Really. Uh, yeah, it's the proverbial the titular war for the Planet of the Apes is. Woody Harrelson in his military outfit versus Caesar and his his uh his crew. But uh it's much more than that. It's also a prison movie and it's more than meets the eye or what the the synopsis would have you believe. But before we get yeah. into the the uh movie itself, what uh what did you think of the first two movies in this trilogy? What were you expecting going in?
1: Um I I like the first two movies. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen them. I definitely like Dawn better than I liked Rise, but um... yeah, as a I was, War for the Planet of the Apes. I wasn't super excited as I wasn't excited for the previous two. It's um, just not something that I don't know. Just never grabbed me and was like I couldn't wait for it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's I, I actually agree. Even though. I really, really like those first two movies, and the same thing happened with Dawn, where Rise like came out of nowhere and was one of my biggest pleasant surprises that year. Uh, I liked it a lot. Um, just the character development of Caesar, I uh, thought it was great. Uh, James Franco actually did surprisingly well for like a more serious role, and uh, I think I gave that movie like an eight or an eight and a half out of ten. And then by the time Dawn rolled around. I kind of didn't have a ton of hype going into that, and that blew me away. I thought that was even better than Rise. I thought Matt Reeves coming in as director really, really stepped it up a notch, the cinematography, the special effects, the continued character development of Caesar, and then again here, yeah, the trailers were great, and I would get excited while I'm watching the trailer, but then immediately forget about it. It was just one of these things where, for whatever reason, the hype didn't sustain But again, having watched it, I enjoyed it immensely. Definitely, and
1: Matt Reeves directed this one also, and the like, the cinematography and the landscapes and everything was was incredible in this one as it was in Dawn.
0: Yeah, it is just beautiful visually. The, The imagery of these apes riding horses in the snow, like God, that's iconic stuff right there. Yeah, for sure. It's almost like it's a, a Western vibe to it, where it's just, <laughs> especially at a certain point in the movie, when it's like these three apes, three or four, uh, just go off on a horse, like go off and do their own thing, It seem, it's like quiet, it's slowly paced like a Western, I, I really enjoyed that, that part of the movie.
1: Yeah, for sure, coming in with a title like War for Planet of the Apes. I expected just a huge action movie. right? You know what I mean? And it's definitely not that. It's definitely much more than that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's actually a good thing. Maybe, uh, you, I guess if you really are expecting that and like really hyped up for that, you might be disappointed, but for me, it was the opposite, where I'm like, alright, this is just going to be not as interesting as the other movies, because this is just going to be them fighting to the death constantly, and... We kind of know yeah. what's going to happen since uh, this is a prequel, and, and I don't know, I was pleasantly surprised to find out that it's also a prison escape movie, it's also about them finding Bad Ape and this this young girl that they're taking care of, and there's a whole different kind of aspect to that stuff.
1: Yeah, it's much more of a thinker than you would expect it to be.
0: Yeah, and again, I just love Caesar's arc over these three movies, it's pretty incredible. It's yeah. He's like a. It's as good of a character for development as any human character in some blockbuster movies.
1: Yeah, like in this trilogy as a whole, I thought the apes were much more interesting than the human characters.
0: Oh yeah, without a doubt. It's funny. This is like the battle for humanity. And I'm sitting here rooting for the apes to wipe, you know, to win. Yeah, him. right. That that shouldn't be happening, but they 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 found a way to make it happen. Uh, yeah. But uh, Woody Harrelson as the villain, I thought he was pretty good too. He wasn't in the movie as much as I expected him to be, but uh, I thought he he did a good job when he was there.
1: Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree. It, it's uh like you were saying when with uh rooting for the apes like. Showed a lot of like a bad side to humanity, in this and but you also see it with the apes, too, they turn against each other and yeah, stuff like that. But
0: and you can it, certainly I, put your like, you can see where the humans are coming from, like, yeah, even though you're rooting for the apes because you just come to know and love a lot of these people, especially Caesar and his his crew, you can certainly see why the humans are fighting back and doing what they're doing, so. It makes it uh, yeah. a little more gray, not as much black and white.
1: For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, even Caesar himself has like, an arc like that throughout this movie.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he kind of goes, they really set the stakes high early on on a, a scene that surprised, surprised me how dark it went and uh, really set the tone for the mood Caesar's going to be in for the rest of the movie, if you know what I'm speaking of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, really sets uh, the stakes of why Woody Harrelson is the villain and I just thought that whole sequence was done really well and uh to set up the movie and then it gets into that western part. But uh yeah. what did you think of the newest characters? The uh the girl I'm trying to look up her name. I think it was Nova. Uh,
1: yeah, that's what uh, I think Maurice names her that.
0: Yeah. That yeah. And then you have the new ape, Bad Ape, who's played by um, Steve Zahn. And he's more of a comedic character, but tragic at the same time. Uh, what did you think of their addition to the story?
1: Yeah, I thought, like you said, Bad Ape kind of lightened it up a bit. Um, still has a meaningful part in the movie, but it was definitely a lighter touch to it. The girl, I I liked it. How... Uh, I don't want to like give up any spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I liked how it turned out, being with her, and um, I keep on talking about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. It's um, yeah, it's an interesting element to add to it. It wasn't my favorite part of the movie. I just am more interested in what the apes that we've come to know. Are doing and and Bad April I thought was a great addition a good new character but I mean she definitely she builds off of another character pretty well a relationship yeah and uh, yeah I think the it's the one of the weaker parts in the movie for me but it, that doesn't mean that it's bad
1: yeah and I've, Maurice is one of my favorite characters in general so mm-hmm. it was, I like it in that sense
0: yeah and he always has seems to find these relationships with the the main characters, the main human characters in these movies. Yeah, definitely. But uh let's see. Did you think... Uh, the prison part. Now, what did you think of that compared to the first half where it's more Western or there is more action in that first half when it becomes... Yeah, definitely.
1: But I didn't think it was bad in any sense. It didn't, uh, I don't think it like dragged on or anything. I thought, like I said, I was expecting... Uh, like, action, big big budget action movie type stuff, and I, I like the way it, the, uh, the characters had to move through that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't think it. I guess I don't know if the first half was. I almost like that half better, or that part better which, than uh,
0: which part? The first or the second? The the prisons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I prefer once uh, the prison element gets added into it. That was that was my favorite part of the movie as well. I just feel like the tensions come to a boil. They like it starts kind of like oh shit here we go and then it, the tensions rise slowly and slowly until it just kind of erupts and I thought that the the way the movie ended was pretty intense and and
1: fun and uh, really yeah, well done definitely super intense it was sad in my opinion but
0: yeah oh yeah never doubt about it um yeah if I had a complaint I would say that it felt a little bit long the slow pace obviously plays into that which I don't mean that in a negative slow pace doesn't mean bad but yeah, yeah. it just the movie's like two hours and twenty minutes and it definitely felt that long Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Not a major complaint, but it's just, uh, could have been a little tighter.
1: I wasn't like, I didn't think it was bad long, like dragged on, and a lot of shit could have been cut out, but I definitely see where you're coming from with that.
0: There's just times where I'm like, oh shit, this movie is still going. Like, we're not even (laughs) close to the end yet, are we? Like, that kind of thing.
1: I had to, I was watching it and looked at the timestamp, and it was like, holy shit. Hardly even halfway over.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess because it goes through so many different uh, like genre changes and the way that it's paced um, made it feel that way. But it's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I uh, I thought the special effects were tremendous. Of course, as yeah. they have been throughout the whole thing, we've come to kind of expect it, but it's still very impressive.
1: Yeah, the scenery blew me away. I love that's one of my favorite parts about this and dawn uh for sure it's just it's uh it's almost like mesmerizing
0: yeah and just these are cgi characters that i don't even think about them be, being cg like maybe in like when it first the movie first comes on you're like oh damn look at this cgi but then they just become characters and it's like don't even give it a second thought that's how well they blend it in with the environments and
1: Definitely, It definitely speaks to the actors of this movie. It's got to be immensely tough shooting in that kind of style.
0: Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I'll talk about it more later, but the, the budget for this movie is not even close to as much as Justice League. And this movie, the special effects and just everything in general, looks like ten times better at least. Really? Yeah, yeah, Justice League should have went uh, and asked them for some advice when as far as <laughs> uh, what to do with their special effects house.
1: 150 million.
0: Was this? Yeah, yeah. Well, Justice League was 300. Holy And crap. it looked like shit. Which I'll really? Talk, yeah, I'll talk more about it later. But yeah. Do you think there's? We talked we touched on it a little bit, but do you think there's room for more of these movies? Would you be interested?
1: Uh, I mean, I definitely would see him. It's not something I'm going to eagerly wait for, but um, I'd be interested to see how the where they go from here. And I've heard that they already know and have planned it out. But yeah. where, what do you? I guess we can't get into where it'll go without spoiling it, so we'll get into that later.
0: Let's just say spoilers from here on out. Not, yeah. I don't really have much more to say. But just in case you know, you don't want to be spoiled. Uh, as we talk about what might happen next for the next minute or two go ahead and skip ahead a little bit but uh yeah I guess at the end Caesar is dead correct?
1: yep that's how it ends
0: yeah but it's not like it's not crystal clear if he's dead right? he's uh, like he kind of just is worn out and he kind of just gives this look like alright that's it and he rolls Made over away yeah doesn't go out in a blaze of glory.
1: No, definitely not. Either. He got uh, wounded from the crossbow and uh, they escaped and all that. And him and Maurice had the final conversation. And Yeah.
0: It's a pretty awesome so, scene. I mean, I would have seen him use that. Yeah, I did too. But I feel like if they wanted to, maybe they could kind of walk that back a little bit. Yeah, but I guess. I feel like they can move on because that's such a perfect trilogy for his character. From like young ape to old grizzled veteran who got his revenge and and uh,
1: saved his people. Well, who would drive the next ones?
0: Maurice. Maurice. Yeah. Bad, bad ape, or maybe just like uh, go to a different part of the country. I mean, this you know could just be like uh, at different stages in different areas and stuff like that. Yeah. Be interested to see. If it was Matt Reeves directing it, I'd be more interested than, like, someone less accomplished, but, uh, I agree with you. I would watch it, for sure. I don't know if I'm, like, top five most anticipated movies or not, but I would watch it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, like you said, it's not on the top of my list of shit I'll be waiting for, but I would, uh, for sure, be going to check it out. More so, be interested and in see what happens. You know, yeah. Why you, you go see anything? But
0: um, I don't know. Yeah. Um, what did you think of how at the throughout the whole movie, but especially in the climax with um, with like the humans have apes working with them or for them, and then it kind of, of course, a little predictable in the end that the ape that's been working with the humans the whole time uh, turns on them and saves Caesar and them at the end what'd you think of that? yeah
1: well they were they worked for CODA in the past right those apes yeah yeah so I don't know I guess it's um it's I guess it's a little like you said it's predictable how he turned on them but it's also predictable that they'd have that element that they would have apes with them in my opinion anyway
0: yeah, I, I like that touch where, I mean, you've had humans working with Caesar and the apes before and vice versa. It's kind of, I don't know, I thought it was it was interesting.
1: Yeah, like we were saying earlier, it shows a lot of the bad side of humanity also, but it goes both ways with both species, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I guess the apes are tempted by the, uh, the allure of, Working with the humans, the possibility of them winning—you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and vice versa. Some humans can sympathize with their calls and want to try to help them work things out. Yeah, that,
1: definitely.
0: All right, what will you give it out of ten? Uh, like an eight point
1: three. All right, I'm a heavy eight out of ten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I definitely was not disappointed. I, like I said, it it uh, was much better than I thought. Um, all around I think I kind of uh, wrote it off before I ever saw it and was pleasantly surprised
0: Yeah, I, I it was an easy watch it was uh, an entertaining watch and it was more than just popcorn fare I feel like it actually dug deep into certain genres and did a great job of it So,
1: Yeah, and I thought it did a great job of like tying up this trilogy
0: Yeah, one of the most underrated blockbuster trilogies of all time yeah, definitely. Including by myself, as I kept saying, like uh I don't know why it falls under the radar so much, but it's
1: very, very good. Yeah. I think I saw Rise in Theaters and I I was pretty disappointed by that. I just thought it was boring. Oh really? But, yeah, but Dawn and uh War I really like.
0: Alright, well let's move on to our next review for the episode. Moving to the T V realm for Netflix's Stranger Things, season two season one was probably one of the biggest surprise smash hits like it i it's probably still netflix's biggest show of all time i'm i'm guessing season
1: one yeah
0: if not the most then definitely like top three
1: yeah and it was when that came out i was not very active on netflix i kept seeing people talking on facebook about the stranger things stranger things and i had no idea what it was and I think i watched it in like a day and a half or two days
0: yeah it was uh it was a slow build i think it came i think it was a summer show last year or whenever it might have been two years ago i think it was like uh eight episodes you heard it was 80s nostalgia horror themed and it seemed like something that would just be like uh fun middle-of-the-road entertainment and then almost immediately I mean the buzz started traveling fast and furious and people were binging it since it was only eight episodes it was easy to watch the whole thing in like one or two sittings and just the whole just like like uh, nostalgia aspect of it really had people going for it and the character yeah.
1: 11 and
0: so much to it
1: yeah the first season was awesome it- like you said with eleven, I mean one Wynona Ryder, uh Hopper, I don't know the guy's name, but it's a lot of great performances. And I uh I think that definitely rolled into the second season also.
0: Yeah, for sure. So yeah, season one ends with uh I think his name is Will, who was yeah. um he was uh he basically taken into the upside down world for the whole season season one and uh they're working to figure out if because he's a missing person they're trying to figure out what happened to him get him back they get him back they figure out that these scientists that have been experimenting on this other dimension brought a monster into our world and he went into the upside down they save him spoiler alert and uh yep. At the very end of season one, he's, like, eating Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner with his family, and then he goes into the bathroom and pukes up, like, yeah. this monster worm-type thing that slides down the drain.
2: Yeah.
0: And season two kind of picks up, I want to say, it's definitely some time has passed, maybe a year or two, and, or maybe six months, something like that. I feel yeah. like... It's the next year at least, and that little worm seems to have caused uh, what was it called? It's God. It's been a month since we've. Since Demogorgon? Years. Yeah, the demigorgon. He kind of bred himself into being like a, another little creature.
1: Da- yeah. Yeah, like a. Uh,
0: Dustin finds in. him, takes him in. Yeah. And he starts. Yeah. The- he starts growing like a gremlin. He sheds his skin, yeah. and next thing you know, he's bigger and badder over and over again.
1: Yeah, and, uh, he, they, he, he brings him to school and shows all his friends, and all his friends are like, You've got to get rid of that.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And he keeps it like a dumb kid would.
0: Yeah, and he is a dumb kid, that Dustin. Uh,. Good performance by that actor. I think he does a good job, but yeah. uh, the character himself, uh, not the brightest of the bunch. Definitely not. But yeah, not. that uh, what are they they God, this whole review is gonna be like, is this what happened? Because it's been a while. <laughs> but uh, it, it, they call it like the dema Doggin, I don't know. Dema dog. dog. Yeah, something like that. And uh, yeah, so he keeps getting bigger and better. He like eats the dog or something. Eats his cat. Eats his cat, kills the cat, yeah. and uh seems either multiplies at a certain point. Again, it's a lot of gremlins uh
1: Well, I think there was like a bunch of them in the upside down, but he gets he like locks them in his cellar thing. And uh he brings what's the face over to look at him and then he gets away.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. So. <laughs> Alright. We got to do less recapping and just talk about what we liked. I'm definitely falling into this trap cuz man, when when we watched it, I binged it in 2 days and I was ready to talk about it. And now I almost forgot every single thing that happened in the show. Right. And what does that say about it? I don't know. <laughs> but uh I did I did enjoy the season. I mean, I yeah, probably it was, it was... I probably like season 1 a little bit better.
1: But, I think I liked season one better just because it was a surprise. Yeah. I felt you knew what you were going into here.
0: This is more of the same.
3: I mean
1: Yeah. <laughs> nothing bad, I just, but I thought there was a lot more mystery and stuff to season one.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh yeah, the crews back together, all the all the kids. I like I like the way they interact, seeing them just go through high school life. Uh I like all the the nods to like I said, th- all the Gremlin stuff. There's a lot of aliens uh, nods and and uh, Ghostbusters, costume yeah, and... oh yeah, Ghostbusters. All these like '80s movies and TV shows getting uh, their just due. Yeah, their nostalgic throwback. And uh, who was your favorite character? My favorite character is probably Steve. Yeah, uh, really. The ex-boyfriend. Yeah, I feel like yeah. his character really developed a lot over both seasons. He starts off he's kind of the bully, he's the bad guy, the jock or whatever, who's yeah. dating the the sister, the cheerleader, and then he kinda I like the twist at the end of season one where you would think it'd be predictable if, if she left him for the other guy. I like that they uh they didn't do that in the first season. They kinda do it here, but Yeah I just really, feel yeah. like uh Steve's character's come a long way where now he's like one of the most rootable good guys, he's getting bullied by the new uh new guy in town who's the the new villain in that role. And I just love how he's got that baseball bat. He's just uh he's become a badass. Yeah, definitely. Or right. at least a, a wannabe in a good way. Yeah, right. But it's I it's I was gonna good. say what uh what a job for Will, the the actor that plays Will. First season, he gets, you know, pushed to the side for the whole thing, gone missing. And then here again, he kind of very early on gets his brain occupied by the the big fucking monster on the, from the upside down. And he's essentially M.I.A. for this whole season,
1: too. Yeah, it's like a uh, poltergeist or like, exorcist.
0: Yeah, he's possessed, almost. Yeah. Um yeah I guess easy paycheck to cash, but uh yeah right I mean actually he did a pretty good job. he had a little more to do this time around. That's a tricky spot to to be in uh I think he pulled it off,
1: yeah, I thought he did pretty good this season. he was uh not my least favorite part. I thought it was uh kind of cool how they figure out that he's not really him, you know what I mean, yeah, the, yeah, the more he knows is worse for him them.
0: Yeah. But, uh, and they kinda they figure out the map of the sewer system or whatever. The waterway.
1: Yeah, he starts drawing all the things and they uh, Bob, who's probably my favorite character.
0: Hey, great name, I'll tell you that. But uh yes. <laughs> No yeah, those were some good I liked uh, pretty much all the new characters that they added. Bob who plays Wine Riders uh new boyfriend played by Sam Aston, Rudy and Samwise Ganji. Also uh I'm sure he was cast because he's from the Goonies and there's some Goonies type references here.
1: How didn't you realize that?
0: Yeah, and then you had um shit the guy, the new scientist guy for the lab uh, uh I don't yeah. know his name. You Paul Riser. Paul Riser, he's from uh so- a bunch Just of things, job. like Mad About You and Aliens. There you go, <laughs> Aliens reference. Yeah, right. Uh, I thought they were both great uh, new adult characters, and then I thought uh, Mad Max was a cool little addition to the group.
1: Yeah, I thought that was one of the best new characters myself.
0: Yeah, I thought she did a good job filling in Eleven's role in the, in that yeah. dynamic, and then when Eleven kind of comes back, it's awkward. I like I, I all that, yeah, and uh, her brother, I can't remember his name, but he's the, he's my least favorite new character, but yeah, he's a little, a little over the guy. top, a little bit, you know, hit the nail on the head there, but I don't know, at least uh, he went for it.
1: Yeah, just like the looking at himself in the mirror, I thought his, that scene with his dad coming in and Basically telling him he's a. I'm not even gonna say it because it's bad language, but I like that part. Yeah, you don't talk.
0: Yeah, a little predictable. Like that's kind of how it always goes with these bullies, where just like in the movie It uh, this year, the bully is getting bullied from his dad, and that's where he got it from. Yeah, it was pretty good, uh, well done here, and I love. I did like the scene when. He goes over and seduces uh, the mom character. Yeah. <laughs> she's reading, like, her romance novel, and then he comes to the door and she's, like, uh, well, thought, yeah. swooning. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, we ha- haven't talked about Eleven yet, who was, like, the big breakout character from season one. Not in this I season would... as much. Yeah. But uh, her relationship with Hooper, played by David Harbour, who is great again as always, in this season.
1: Yeah, um, I was disappointed by Eleven this season. I thought the the start of the Hooper and Eleven relationship was cool, but it, I tired of it pretty quickly, and uh, I just didn't. I just was disappointed by her involvement, by just the way. She played out through the season until the end. I thought the ending was awesome. Yeah,
0: but. I think she plays off be- well the kids better, like the the rest of the the guys. I feel like yeah, she needs that that interaction when she's just locked in a cabin by herself, or, or yeah. I like the stuff with Hooper early on to see like how she got to this position, but it kind of got old after a little bit. Wanted to just see yeah. it. like again one of the best scenes with her was when she went to the school and was looking into the gym and saw Max uh, and whatever, uh, Mike flirting. Mike, yeah. And she got jealous and used her powers against her.
1: Made her fly up the skateboard, yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I thought it would have been a cool idea if, like, she took a villain turn in this season. Or maybe she still will, but...
1: I was getting frustrated, though. I was like, when are her and Mike going to reunite? Like, yeah. I was just wanted it.
0: Yeah, you knew and it's it. going to happen.
1: yeah. But, but they made you the way for it.
0: And then there's the infamous Episode 7, which is entirely based on Eleven going on, like, a road trip to find her sister uh, her or her uh, sister, yeah. prison, her uh, experiment mate. Were they actually I totally forgot.
1: The one or, girl was.
0: Yeah. I didn't know if it was, like... They were related by blood or just sisters in the sense that they both went through this terrible ordeal.
1: Oh, yeah. I I mean, the one girl's mixed, and she's pretty white. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I can't remember. Like I said, I can't remember anything.
1: Eleven finds her mom. I don't think... uh, Yeah, I don't think they were actually
0: uh, Right, right, right. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I don't think that episode was as bad as a lot of people thought, but it's definitely the worst episode of the season. It just felt like ripped out of uh, another show. Like, it was from that X-Men show on Fox, The Gifted, which I did not like. Uh just felt generic and, like, it very shallow. Yeah, I, did, I
1: didn't think it was terrible, but it was just so out of place and so out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, especially and because... And it didn't hold any
1: water towards the story afterwards, anyway.
0: Right. I feel like that could have been at least placed differently because I feel like episode six ended on a cliffhanger with the, everyone back in the town and then the next episode is you don't even see them at all. It kind of kills that whole momentum there. Maybe if yeah, this would have like- happened sooner or they could have dispersed it evenly throughout the season, maybe it would have played better. But I, I don't know. I yeah. liked the I liked her sister's powers. I thought that was kind of cool. Kind of original idea for, for like a mutant power. But... I don't know, I wish i I'm not against seeing that character again, but hopefully they get rid of all her like minions around her. Yeah, they right. were the worst, like the guy with the Mohawk just so over the top that was my favorite character, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's yeah, so, I mean, I agree even the creator said that it was like uh it was like they were filming a pilot for a spin off at but they they inserted in episode eleven it made this makes no sense to me,
0: yeah, I know it's. It's unfortunate but I still felt like it rebounded from that and ended strong. I enjoyed the season overall and I think they're doing what, four or five seasons, they've said, as of now. And uh yeah, I look forward to keep watching this show as it goes.
1: Yeah, it's definitely something I'll catch. I was massively anticipating the season. I think not like I said, not this season was bad at all or I didn't like it, but I don't think I'll be anticipating Season 3 as much as I was Season 2.
0: Yeah. Oh, and we didn't talk about Nancy and uh, her new boyfriend and their adventures.
1: Uh, Will's brother?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, saw that coming, that they were going to get together. Yeah, I mean, especially... All the stuff with Barb, like, was Barb really that important in the first season? I know she went viral, but... I don't know. That felt she, a little
1: forced. I did not like her. She was one of my least favorite parts. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't. I thought, uh, like the way it. Are we on the spoilers here?
0: Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah. No one's listening.
1: I, I, I <laughs> like the way that, uh, what is Will's brother's name, do you know?
0: Will's brother's name is, um,.
1: Yeah, I know it. Hold on.
0: Uh... <laughs>
2: Why is anyway?
1: He... I like the way that uh, Nancy, him, and Steve's art turned out. You know what I mean? Yeah. The way uh, you know they break up early on, and they kind of get together from him playing like the nice guy role, and by the end, Steve just kind of like concedes to it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was one of the least interesting parts to me, but still. Not terrible. I cannot find the guy's name. Will Spreller. Will Spreller, yep. Jonathan. Jonathan, yeah. Jonathan Byers.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's a whole, um, uh, what the hell was I going to say? I mean, it totally leaves you with uh, more hell to come at the end of the season.
0: yeah. I I hopefully they don't hopefully they kinda take it in a different I feel like season two was almost a repeat of season one but just with different slight differences. Be. Like it's almost like one of those video games where where you play a level like you play the same level over and over again but you keep your experience or whatever. Yeah. Like it was the same basic premise except they had they rem they had their experience from the first time. Like yeah, I mean
1: think now, like, the lab is not secret anymore, and I just, I don't know what they can do with going into the third season, what they'll do, right. I guess, I know everybody fan together or something.
0: I'm sure they have, uh, have an idea of what they're doing, but, yeah, I, I think that's kind of cool, like, I have no idea they could do anything they want, and, uh, I'm here for it.
1: Hopefully it's not in Chicago with the Juniors. <laughs>
0: yeah, the whole time, the whole show's gonna be based off of that for now on. But uh, first, I think uh, the show overall, one of the most overrated shows of all time. But again, it's still really good. But the way people talk about it, it's like it's the greatest thing ever. And it's not, yeah. but it's good.
1: It's really good. See, the first season hit me that way where I was blown away by it and loved it. Second season definitely did not live up to that for me.
0: Yeah, i give it an 8 out of 10.
1: Yeah, I'd give it uh 7.5.
0: All right, I appreciate that.
1: You're good.
0: What else have you been watching in the past
1: month?'ve uh, watched all kinds of stuff. why don't you get us
0: started here <laughs> Okay. I watched a whole bunch as well. I will start off with the thing that's I can't believe we, we hadn't talked about uh, since our last episode, but the World Series was a classic. Oh yeah an all timer
1: like
0: forever again, I know right, uh Houston Astros win the World Series against the Los Angeles Dodgers in seven games, and like almost every game was crazy with its like lead changes and dramatic finishes and close games and home, run- home runs, excuse me, and uh yeah, it was just one of the best, if not the best world series I've ever seen,
1: yeah, and probably one of the best pitching performances uh. By the who was the pitcher that finished the game off for the Astros in Game Seven? He was a starter. He came in relief.
0: Yeah, the young guy, right? Um, yeah. Fuck. See again. <laughs> yeah, Memories but I, that was splits, incredible. He
1: but... pitched unbelievably.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. No doubt about it. They, they ended up taking him out in like the eighth or ninth, I believe. But yeah, maybe, did he? He might have completed the game. It's, it was so long ago.
0: Yeah, I gotta look this up because I know the guy's name. I'm for whatever. Anyway, <laughs> it was it was a great series. I was happy for the Astros to win, especially with uh, everything that happened with Hurricane Harvey in the fall, and it was a, a really good story.
1: Absolutely, it was their first, right?
0: Yes, first ever. Yeah. And um, the Dodgers did a valiant effort as well. I mean, I I, did, I wouldn't have hated it if the Dodgers won. It had been a long time for them, but. I was definitely glad that the Astros pulled through.
1: For sure. I think it would have been better if the Astros still had this hill in center field and that would have uh had some controversial effect on the series, but <laughs> Yeah. Was, That's like that was like the craziest thing I'd ever seen in sports that they had a hill in center field. <laughs> I know. And a flagpole on the hill.
0: Yeah. It's a classic <laughs> like uh early two thousands, late nineties design thing. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, a little too cute there but uh, I think it's Lance McCullers is the guy right I suppose yeah I believe that is him but uh, yeah it was great stuff
1: yeah definitely I was uh the past two years I don't usually watch the World Series but I watched the Cubs win and then I watched at least yeah. four or five games last, this year last year's
0: was really good too but uh, yeah. this one this one was definitely above and beyond
1: for sure Anything yeah. for you? What's that? What What do you got? Oh shit! Uh, the Meyerwood stories. You've seen this yet?
0: Didn't we talk about this on the last episode? Did we? I think so. I don't. We loved it.
1: I, yeah, yeah. I think maybe we did. It's yeah. just been so long. I totally <laughs> forgot. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, I trust me. I, I completely understand. Can't even remember anything that happened in the movies we talked about. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> but yeah, it is, I, I will repeat. It's a great, great movie. Check it yeah, out yeah. on Netflix. It's uh, my number three favorite movie of the year right now. So, really? Boom Shakalaka. I yeah, loved it that much. It's a shame. Uh, I feel like Dustin Hoffman has been accused of of stuff since we talked about it. But uh, has he really? Yeah, yeah. Had a couple accusations. And or got fired. Yeah. Oh my God. It's crazy. You gotta oh, flush, flush the toilet. That's all. But uh, <laughs> I'll talk about I'll talk about a couple of movies. I only have about fifteen here, so. All right. <laughs> I watched The Dark Tower. I've not seen that. It's don't don't see it. Um, no. No. Oh my god! I was. It's one of the worst movies of the year. Um, it's a movie I was looking forward to at some point in time. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba. It's a classic Stephen King novel that's being adapted and they just they whiffed it, man. Really? Apparently this book series is like six or seven books long and they try to cram all of that into like one hour and a half long movie. And what is it about? It's the gunslinger. It's about uh, this kid who like, enters this world where there's a gunslinger played by Idris Elba who's trying to kill the man in black played by Matthew McConaughey. He puts him on this time loop where it's super convoluted and confusing. And uh, In the book, I think it's like... This cool thing where it ties together all of Stephen King's novels. Like, everything happens to be in the same universe or tied through this somehow. And it sounds really cool the way I've heard it explained. Yeah. But this movie wasn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's incredibly poorly made. It's convoluted. I had no idea what the hell was going on at any time Almost, um, It's just is corny and rushed... Uh, I didn't care about the kid. Uh, I just hated it. I
1: hated it. So never, absolutely no redeeming factor. something
0: huh? Iter Selva is always going to be charming or charismatic in some way. Um, even Matthew McConaughey was not good in this at all. So, anyway. yeah. Unfortunately, I thought it was a bust. Three out of ten.
1: Really? Yeah. Um,. I just watched uh, the new documentary on Netflix, Jim and Andy.
0: Oh, I've been meaning to catch this. Yeah,
1: uh, it's It's really good. It's uh, it's pretty wild. It's, of course it's about when Jim played Jim Carrey played uh, Andy Kaufman in uh,
0: what is it called? Man uh, on the Moon. Uh, Man on the Moon. Yes.
1: Yeah, which I love the movie.
0: Yeah, it's a good movie.
1: Definitely. Um, I thought uh, it's one of the best. Uh, what would you call it, an impersonation or character play on a real person?
0: Yeah, they call it going method.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's bio-pick, basically what the, the documentary is about. And, um, uh, he gives a whole new uh, definition of staying in character. <laughs> to, I mean, to the, of course, Andy Kaufman had the character Tony Clifton.
0: Right.
1: Jim Carrey would uh, get in character, I suppose, before he came to set and wear a paper bag on his head until he had his makeup on (laughs) to the point where, I mean, he drives drives a convertible with a paper bag on his head, drunk, and crashes it into a wall like a 60s Cadillac Corvette. But he's just like, anytime he's in the character of Tony Clifton, he's basically trashed to, to the point where they have to drag him to like the makeup chair and he's just limp and passed out. And I mean, when he's in just the Andy Kaufman character, he actually got in fights with, uh, Jim Waller, the wrestler on set. (laughs) Like they hated each other on set. Uh, I think they even got in a fight and actually hurt Jim Carrey where he had to be taken out in the ambulance.
0: Wow. I mean, I've heard a lot about the movie. I want to see it. I think it sounds super interesting. Like yeah, moment, but it's... A moment in time, like, I know they plan to record it the whole time, but it just seems like an interesting experiment. But let me ask you, all of this shit by Jim Carrey, and just method acting as a concept, what do you think? Uh, genius art or incredibly pretentious annoying
1: bullshit? Uh, I think there's definitely... Both of those, uh, depending on who it is, the situation, like uh, like Dano Day-Lewis and people like that, I think that's probably more to the genius side. Here, it's probably taken a little too far, and uh, definitely over the top.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I haven't seen the movie, so I can't really judge it, but just everything I've heard makes, and I like Jim Carrey, it makes me want to hate Jim Carrey, just hearing about this, like... Because yeah, he absolutely. planned this ahead of time, it's like he wants to just feel important, feel special. It's just so I don't know, stuck up his own ass.
1: But well, they they had it like it, uh, so. they had some kind of like some kind of press thing they do where they film like behind the scenes stuff, and he had Andy Kaufman's girlfriend like film it, but it ended up being like so over the top and so crazy that. I think it was Universal or Paramount, whoever did the picture, uh, distributed it. Were like, uh, we can't show this to anybody. <laughs> nobody's gonna like Jim Carrey after seeing this. Yeah. But the whole thing is filled with like uh, Jim Carrey's commentary from the present day of uh, reflecting on it and talking about how you can get lost in a character and right. things of that nature. Yeah. But all in all, I really, I really enjoyed it. I was looking forward to it ever since I saw the trailer. Um, I'd give it
0: like a seven and a half out of ten. All right, cool. I'm definitely gonna try to check it out before the end of the year, see if it makes my top five documentaries of the year. Yeah, nice. Uh, well, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I I watched a movie called Brawl in Cell Block 99. Yeah, which uh, is Vince Vaughn as a in a serious role. Like he plays this guy. It's directed by a guy who did, um... God damn it, my memory. Uh, who directed this western a year or two ago. Jesus, now I have to look this up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, <laughs> the director is Chris S. Craig Zoller. He directed Bone Tomahawk, starring Kurt Russell a couple years ago. An incredibly violent western horror movie that was really well done. And, uh... Here Vince Vaughn plays a guy who he's out of prison, he's on the straight and narrow. Movie starts he gets fired from his job uh, as a mechanic or something with cars. Yeah. And he, like the movie's called brawl in, brawl in Cell Block 99. So you know eventually in this movie there's going to be a brawl in a cell block, right? In sure. jail. Yeah. So you're just waiting to see why he's going to be in jail. And it's like he got fired. And he's like, he's got, he's like, uh, he's shaved head, tattoos, like, when the it ball is. Yeah. And he plays like this badass, like, guy. And I'm thinking, you think when he gets fired at the job, it's like, uh oh, what's he gonna do? And he just calmly gathers his stuff and goes home. Sitting in his car outside of his house. And. His wife is in her car in the driveway, and he's like gets this look like, what the hell on his face? He gets out, he goes over, confronts her, like takes her phone or something, figures out she cheated on him, and you're like, "Oh no, here, here it comes. This isn't good. Instead he's like, "Get in the house." And then he literally takes apart her car with his bare hands. Like, rips the the hood of the car off, throws it in the street, punches what? punches through the, the headlights, rips them out, and, like, just beats the shit out of this car and rips it apart. And then goes inside, and you're like, oh, no, no, no. And he sits <laughs> down, and he ha- has, a, like, a nice civil conversation with her where he's like, yeah, I understand ever since uh, we lost the baby. Like, apparently she had a, a miscarriage or something, like. They haven't been. I really want to work this out, and they get back on the same page. It was like <laughs> the most progressive, uh, amazing thing ever. And then he kind of, since he's out of a job, he starts working for this racist drug dealer, and uh, or I don't know. I can't remember if he was racist or homophobic, but he was a pe- not a nice guy. He starts working for <laughs> this drug dealer, and and he gets like he starts working with these guys who are kind of shady. They get into a shootout with the cops and he kind of, he has a way an out. He could just walk away and get away with it. But he decides to go back uh, into the scene of the crime, gets arrested and it's kind of this crazy, it's like it's slowly paced. It's just crazy story. Vince Vaughn, you do not, know whether to, like, take him seriously or not for, like, the entire movie. But he kind of pulls it off. And it goes to some crazy places. Like, he keeps, like, he's getting set up somehow to, like, constantly keep getting in more and more trouble. Or something happens where his wife gets held hostage or they, they're they threatening her, and he figures out who's the one behind it. It's someone in this, like, high-security prison so he's, like, on purpose, tries to get himself to where that guy is. And, like, it's incredibly violent. And don't spoil it for me here. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. It's <laughs> it's crazy. It's an awesome yeah, movie. It, I, I, it does sound. Is that new? Yeah, it's new. And uh, yeah. I, it's, like, I don't know. I would recommend it. It's a heavy yeah. eight, light eight and a half for me. It's uh just outside of my top 10 right now I think it's my like number 11 or 12 movie of the year Uh thought it was <laughs> its really interesting not perfect yeah. but and it is slowly paced and you feel it again kind of similar to War for the Planet of the Apes but I feel like it pays off
1: Yeah, in the end nice um, have I talked about Boyhood on here no uh, you've seen it
0: uh, it's certainly my number five favorite movie of all time.
1: Uh, yeah, Me too. It's, uh, it's a classic. Yeah. And Is this First time watch? Uh, I've seen it twice, actually. Okay. But uh, I recently watched it again. Um, what an incredible concept for a movie.
0: Yeah, amazing. Yeah. And to pull it off the way he does.
1: Yeah. And to even... Like what kind of contract did you sign to be in that? Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously, to be able to hold that together is incredible.
0: Yeah, well, apparently they only shot for like a few days to a, a week each year or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, but, uh, I mean, come on, yeah, it's amazing. That's commitment. It is amazing. Um,
1: what's his dad's name?
0: Ethan Hawke.
1: Ethan Hawke. Yeah, I thought he was incredible in that movie. And so um, is his mom, Patricia Arquette. I mean, one the, the black album that's like an actual thing now. What's that? His Beatles collection he puts together for.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's it's all the
1: uh, all the guys that were in the Beatles their solo stuff. He puts the best stuff together on the CD and he calls it the Beatles the Black Album. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's like a thing now that he created, like he brought that into the project. Yeah, yeah, that's, but I mean, I I guess as a whole, it goes from how old, like eight. To,
0: I think it's six to eighteen.
1: Yeah, to graduating high school.
0: Yeah, I think it's a masterpiece. Honestly,
1: I absolutely agree, and it's just like it's so real. Yeah, so I was just relatable. about to say,
0: it is. Even so, though it's like specific to this kid, like I started tearing up and almost crying multiple times. Not even at, There's no like big sad or crazy moments that are like meant to make you cry or anything. But it just felt so real and elicited so many emotions brought them to the surface like just randomly it felt like
1: for sure and I guess guess there's so much shit with I mean uh you know the wife raising a family on her own to get the stepdad moving the the abuse from the stepdad uh,
0: yeah uh, just
1: girlfriends all kinds of shit and it's, it's incredible
0: it is it's just like you said it's so real it's raw it's uh God, yeah, it's one of the best movies ever made.
1: Absolutely. If you haven't seen it, watch it. I would give it a nine point eight out of ten. Ten out of ten for me. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I guess I'll go 10, 10 out of 10 It's incredible. <laughs>
0: yeah, it really is. Oh man, makes me want to watch it but again. Yeah,
1: it's it's definitely like, it's like I thought. <laughs> Stand by me was a perfect movie to me. I love Stand by Me, but I think Boyhood might be better
0: than it. Yeah, and it ends so strong. It's like you grow up with this kid, you really become invested in his life, and it's like, No, don't end. Don't yeah. end. Yeah, Absolutely. So good. Awesome. Um I watched another really good movie that is currently number ten on my year best of the year list. It's a comedy, best comedy of the year that I've seen. Ingrid Goes West. Starring, yeah, oh, you've heard of it? I have not, sorry. No. Uh, Aubrey Plaza, you know who she is? Nope. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <from Parks laughs> who does she write Re- in? Parks and Recreation. Um, you would recognize her. She's, yeah. she's been in a lot of stuff comedically. Uh, it's also got Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, this movie is Ingrid, who is Aubrey Plaza, is like this uh, social media obsessed... Um, girl who, you know, is all about getting likes and retweets and Instagram, whatever, and the movie starts off where she, she wasn't I guess she sees that someone got married. You're just like, okay, what's going on? And then all of a sudden she storms to the wedding, crashes it, like throws a drink in the bride's face and says like, thanks for inviting me, you bitch, something like uh she was she, she's mentally unstable basically is what they're they're showing you right <laughs> exactly. off the bat and uh she gets out of the mental hospital and she becomes obsessed or she moves to LA and then she becomes obsessed with this instagram star played by elizabeth olson and she like tries to copy everything she does to be just like her and then she kind of stalks her and she eventually like Worms her way into her life and becomes friends with her in a way. And, uh, and it's a really dark comedy, but, uh, I thought it was really funny and also just like really good, not comedically as well. Like, it's just like a, a drama or a, a story, you know, just like a regular movie. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was really well done. Uh, it goes to some really dark places. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, definitely. There's not a lot of good comedies nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we have been talking sure about it on this podcast for a long time about how just the state of comedy has collapsed in recent years. And, so still. Yeah, and this is one of the good ones. This is really, really good. Uh, but, it, I mean, it's more of like a – it's more than just straight comedy like a, like a Superbad or an Anchorman, but a comedy nonetheless and one that I, I would highly recommend. I'd give it like a yes. – Light eight and a half out of ten. Nice, nice. Um, I watched a classic recently. Um,
1: the Sting. Have you ever seen it? Yes. Robert Redford and it's Paul
0: uh, Allen. In the bottom half of my top 100 of all time.
1: Wow, oh, it's incredible, man. Yeah. Uh, who's the Irish guy in that? Uh, it's not uh, the... Is that the guy Jaws?
0: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't know his name. (laughs) Let me look it up. Yeah.
0: But uh, keep talking, I'll look it up.
1: Yeah, I mean, the movie's incredible. Uh, Robert Redford, Paul Newman, they're con artists. Um, As soon as Bob pulls up the name, the Irish guy, I think that's what is known as the Irish or something.
0: You got Robert Shaw, uh, Charles Durning, Ray Walston. (laughs) Paul Newman, Paul Newman, Robert Redford.
1: I guess it's not the guy from New Jaws, is it? Maybe it is. I don't know. I don't fucking know. I'm terrible with actors and actresses. <laughs> but anyhow, uh, like I said, Robert Redford and Paul Newman are con artists. It's a, it's a rather long movie, but it's it's so interesting and the plot goes along so well, in my opinion. Um, yeah. But it. Uh, I like they're it. They're, con, they're con artists in the. Uh, like the Irish guy has like a wire service uh, for betting horses and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I, bl- I believe they do something to that, but it culminates in uh, a big card game. Um, I won't spoil it for you, because I would definitely recommend it. You watch it. Would you agree?
0: Oh my god, yeah! It's I just it's one of the best movies of all time.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's just it just keeps unraveling, and it's just so good.
0: I just love. I, I, the whole conceit of the, the movie, like the um the title cards and how the movie yeah, it's itself like chapters to it. The movie yeah. itself is designed as, almost like as a con, like breaking it down and it's like yeah, it's incredibly well done.
1: For sure. It's a, I mean it's probably the seventies, right?
0: Came out Christmas Day,
1: nineteen seventy three. Wow. It is timeless, man, I'm telling
0: you. Yeah, it really holds up.
1: Yeah, have I would mean, give it a 9 out
0: of 10. Yeah, I think I gave it like a 9 or
1: 9.5. Probably yeah, 9.5.
0: But uh, have you seen The the Hustler?
1: Uh, is that a recent movie?
0: No, that's Paul Newman as well. I think it's even older than The Sting. It's, uh, it is... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> It's from 1961, black and white movie. Oh, He's like a pool shark. Uh, it's, oh, yeah, I've heard of it, definitely. It's great. Yeah, I would highly yeah, recommend was, it as well. Yeah. But, yeah, that's awesome. You're watching a lot of great ones.
1: Yeah, I, I watch I watch a lot of documentaries. I watched uh, a documentary on Netflix called Betting on Zero. Have you seen or heard of it?
0: No, what's that one about?
1: Uh, It's basically about this company, Herbalife, Herbalife, I guess you'd say. It's, it's, I guess, a nutrition supplement kind of company. Basically, uh, I guess you could describe it as a pyramid scheme. (laughs) And it's just like a fucking huge con on people. It's it's one of those things where you buy a big package and try to sell it.
0: Yeah, I've been in one of those before.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, I remember the energy drinks. <laughs> yeah, Quick Star. Woo. Yeah, but, luckily uh,
0: I canceled. Uh, I got my refund. Cancelled for the six. There's months like ago. a thing tied
1: into a server life that it's like uh, basically you're not worried about selling product to anybody. You're worried about trying to get other people to also sell shit because you make residual income from them. So mm-hmm. you basically well, just yeah, try yeah. to yeah. con yeah. as many people as possible. I guess that's what a pyramid scheme is. Yep, that's
0: sense. exactly what it is.
1: It's like more severe and it's I mean Herbalife's a big company like they were the sponsor for the LA Galaxy like then you know on their jersey it's a huge company and it's just like <laughs> almost no real nutritional value to their <laughs> products and it's just it's like a, it's basically just a huge scam and it's it's one of those eye-opening things you're like holy shit yeah,
0: it's very and, much like that makeup company was it Mary Kay or one of those where yeah like, I mean, the, it's like uh, that LuLaRue yeah. LuLaRue Lula yeah exactly and it, you can fi- you can be successful in it but
1: it's you can but it's not in like a uh, it's mor- very moral uh, yeah. fiber kind of way yeah exactly it's messed up system I guess but... it's capitalism to a T you just take advantage of the next person yeah oh yeah but yeah it's definitely <laughs> worth to watch I'd give it like a 7.5 out of 10 it's interesting to All
0: right.
1: be, be informed on the topic
0: uh, by the way, I just realized uh, after both of our main reviews, I was just shooting off the hip. Realized I have a notepad on my lap with notes for both. <laughs>
1: I, did, I thought you were about to get in the seat we're recording.
0: I did not look at my reference my notes once when I was struggling to think of things that I just noticed are written down here for that reason.
1: but Well, well we're professional.
0: We're rusty, so <laughs> what are you going to do? Uh, anyway, I watched Atomic Blonde. The
1: oh, yeah, Dave said it was awesome.
0: It was pretty good. Uh, this is the spy movie, Russian... Not, not, it's a Russian-involved spy movie with Charlize Shit. Theron, uh, made by the same guy who did John Wick, which I think is not a good movie, not a I'm good not series it. of movies. Like Reeves? Yeah, people love him. I do not. Yeah, uh, I see it. Atomic Bond, I think, is definitely better than both of those. Uh, it's very, like it's
1: female James Bond in a way,
0: yeah. Essentially, yeah. But it's stylized, but I, I, it's great action. I like the way they really show like the bumps and the bruises and the brutality of everything. And Charlie's throne is great, as always. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I It left me a little cold. Like, I didn't love it, but... It's good. It's pretty good. Don't have a lot to say. I don't really remember much about it. James Madison Boy <laughs> in it. I mean, hey, look, I watched this after Brawl and Cell Block 99 and Inger Goes West, and I remembered a lot more about that. So,
1: yeah. Dave told me he loved it, but he was also drunk when he told me So said it been. Uh...
0: No, it's good. It's worth a watch. It's just, I don't it know. It's just an action flick. Can... I think it's something about this director. The way his movies look it's like it doesn't draw yeah. me in enough it's real cold uh, I don't know it, it was alright 7 out of 10 decent score oh, but
1: man. I don't know I watch stuff I'm having tr- I always crack under pressure and never remember <laughs> what I've seen you
0: got to get on letterboxd
1: letterboxd hey I'm not doing any more promotions until we get paid mine
0: <laughs> hey uh, on Thanksgiving at our grandmom's <laughs> house, I I was doing the full-on pitch for MoviePass. So. I, mean,
1: it was a, I mean, there was like 10 people crying. Yeah, I,
0: I had people eating out of my hand. Paul I had eating. just
1: happened to walk in the room. it was like, God, are you getting an endorsement for this or what?
0: Seriously. It was actually hilarious because at one point, uh, uh, our cousin, Christy, like more and more people kept coming in and... Yeah. And Christy, is, like, came in the room and was like, this is too good to be true, or something. And, <laughs> and then her yeah, husband... I should have
1: just filmed it. And said
0: <laughs> yeah, her husband Tom was like, you guys sound like you're filming a commercial for this thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, movie pass. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> it is amazing. Oh, yeah. Anyway.
1: Did, Did you, you get think one for Brady when you went and sold? Yeah, for.
0: Well, I used it for myself. Yeah. yeah. Right. You'd have That's to get true. a whole other subscription for yeah. for another ticket, but.
1: Oh, he just signed up.
0: I just snuck him in. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Because uh, here's a little secret for the locals here in uh, Bel Air, Maryland. Horizon Cinemas in Faustin, they. N- at least during the day at at night they sometimes they they do but during the day they do not they have like this setup where they have cash registers uh halfway between where you walk in and when you like where the ticket taker would be they have cash registers where you can buy your food and drink and stuff but if you if you you know you buy a ticket online you have the thing on your phone so you just walk past them they never have a ticket taker there Really? So you literally could just walk in and go right to a movie. Jeez, but thing since is. I have MoviePass, I bought my ticket with that and then I just took him with me into the
1: movie. Yeah. Technically, they bought your
0: ticket. <laughs> yeah. But uh, did you think of anything yet? What do you got? I got... A plenty more where that came from. Uh roll one off. All right. I'll do a couple. Uh speaking of movie pass, I used my movie pass to see the My Little Pony movie. Oh,
1: did you really with my daughter
0: Mackenzie. Uh, yeah, we went to the zoo on a field trip with her elementary school, her kindergarten class, and I was the chaperone, so it was me, Mackenzie uh, her best friend in school and her best friend's mom was, like, a group, us four. And it was fun. It was cool. The zoo, walk around.
1: It's, no, continue. I'm sorry.
0: It was It was uh, what you expect from the zoo and a bunch of kindergartners, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But God, I
1: haven't been to the zoo since I was in
0: kindergarten. Yeah, same. It had been a very, very long time for me as well. Uh, it was cool. Yeah. Um, didn't get to what go to know. the safari part, the best part of the zoo, with, like, the zebras and the lions and stuff. Oh, I like wreck the house hospice. Yeah, that was pretty cool. But uh, it does stick in there.
1: But what I want to know, was there any bronies there?
0: <laughs> well, this this had nothing to do with the zoo. I just I, mean. I took her to the movies after the field trip was over, because she got out, like, early from when she would normally get out of school. And we went yeah. and saw the My Little Pony movie because her birthday party was My Little Pony themed. She's into it. She has a million of the little figures, and uh, it wasn't for me, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she enjoyed it for sure. Yeah. Uh, she had fun. Uh, mm, it was basically the show, but just really long and uh, four and a half out of ten for me. <laughs>
1: It's but was there any bronies there?
0: I don't think so.
1: You know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, it's bros that are into My Little Pony. It's the
1: weirdest thing I've ever seen in my entire Hey,
0: life. I'm super into, like, Survivor Big Brother,
1: and... See, that's socially acceptable. <laughs> well,
0: I don't know. There's probably something that uh, I like that it's, like... Uh, maybe not. I, <laughs> to that level, but... Uh... <laughs>
1: Do you put, like, a tail on yourself and around?
0: People are into cosplay. I'm not... Hey, I can't
1: eat. Whatever you like, do Yeah,
0: it. if you're not hurting anybody, American. I don't care. You know hey, what I mean? This is America. <laughs> well, for how much longer, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, as long as you're not hurting anybody, I don't care. Yeah, it's is, not... No, this is Josh's. Oh, uh, yeah, I I hear you. <laughs> but, uh, no, I did not see anyone dressed, uh, any Bernies out there. Yeah, figured they'd be there. I don't see the appeal. <laughs> like, there's some kids' programming that I can understand why adults would be into. This is not yeah. one of them. But you know, it's all a matter of taste.
1: But, yeah, four and a half out of ten.
0: Four huh? and a half out of ten. Let's see. Speaking of watching movies with my daughter, we watched the original Jumanji with her. Oh, classic. Uh, Because we were just, me and Sam were talking like, the new Jumanji's coming out, looks terrible, I showed her the trailer, and it's like, we kept talking about how much better the original was, and we were like... Did it scare her? Slightly, but not really. It was almost, she was saying like, oh my gosh, I'm scared, but she wasn't really scared, kind of thing. Uh, She was kept being scared that she was going to be scared, is what I think.
1: That maybe terrified me when I was a kid. Yeah, it was like,
0: yeah, I could see it. <laughs> but uh, she liked it. She liked it a lot. She uh, yeah. enjoyed it immensely. And uh, I thought it, it held up okay. I, I still enjoyed it, not as much as I did when I was a kid, but seven out of ten. These days, a lot of nostalgia yeah, I there. Seen it but in like ten years. Uh, I am not looking forward to the sequel. Or the uh, the remake?
1: Yeah, that's got Kevin Hart in it,
0: right? Kevin Hart, The Rock, Jack Black. Oh, God. Yeah.
1: Are they going to make a movie without Kevin Hart and The Rock in it? Uh, I hope not. They're always together, man. They're great. They're great guys. I mean, I I guess they're all right. I feel like that's like one of the parts of state of comedy being. In. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. I don't know. I'm not. Kevin Hart's funny. The Rock has charisma. Neither of them has been in, like, any great movies or anything yet, but yeah. keep trying, guys.
1: Speaking of movies that don't hold up, guess what I watched on TV last night? What? The first Mortal Kombat.
0: Oh. We're in, yeah. not, Okay. Go ahead.
1: Gosh. I mean, you know how treasured that movie was to me. Yeah. I... That was, like, <laughs> the Sandlot and that movie were, like, my shit when I was a kid. Holy God, does that look bad these days.
0: If you think that one doesn't hold up, this, I think I've told you this in the past couple of months on here, but I watched the sequel. Yeah. The second one, Annihilation. That yeah, is yeah. the worst thing that has ever been put to film. <laughs> really? That is fucking awful. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Painful to watch. Painful.
1: I will say one of my favorite lines of all time probably in the movie. Those were $500 sunglasses, you asshole. Yes. Johnny Cage on Goro.
0: Yeah, man. And then Johnny Cage gets killed off five minutes into the <laughs>
1: yeah. First thing, the second one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Guess he didn't want to be in it. <laughs> well,
1: Jack's probably the worst character of all time. Oh,
0: man. Don't even get me going here. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh man i went i've been going to the movie theater a lot uh, really?
1: where do you find the time
0: Ah, movie pass what do you know you get movie pass all of a sudden you start going <laughs> hold on in, in in the past month since our last podcast uh let's see i've been to the movies one two three four five five <laughs> five times
1: that's crazy. That would be like $70. that movie. Page.
0: Yeah. And instead it was like 20 Yeah. And I usually just go to the movies like five times a year. So anyway, uh, took my son Brady to – kind of alluded to it before, but uh, we went and saw Thor Ragnarok, which is amazing. Yeah. It lived up to the hype. I was so looking forward to it. One of the most anticipated movies for me this year. And God, it is good. It's I think it's right up there with the original Guardians of the Galaxy as far as best
1: God, MCU one, I've never seen either Guardians of the Galaxy. It's one you thing. would like
0: them. They're funny. They're great. Uh, Everybody
1: tells me to watch it, but I have not.
0: Yeah, they're they're fantastic, and so is Thor Ragnarok. It is hilarious. It's essentially just a superhero comedy. Yeah. Talking about tell Street. us about it.
1: I got to step away for thirty seconds.
0: Okay, I'll talk about it while you're gone. (laughs) So, it's essentially just a superhero comedy. Uh, Taika Waititi, director of What We Do in the Shadows and Hunt for the Water People, he brings his patented touch to this film as well. Uh, He also plays one of the greatest characters in the MCU, uh, Korg, who's like this big rock monster who looks like a badass, and then the second he opens his mouth, it's like this... This slight, high-pitched New Zealand voice, and it is hilarious. Um, the Hulk is in it, of course, as the trailers gave away. He's he's great as well. You get to see his ass. Um, Valkyrie is a great new character, played by Tessa Thompson. Uh, What's-His-Face from Jurassic Park and Independence Day. Jeff Goldblum, he's in his own element, hamming, uh, chewing up scenery, hamming it up as uh, the Grandmaster. And uh, you also have Kate Blanchett as a great villain, in my opinion. She's not in it a ton, but in it just enough to make her presence known. Gives a great performance. She's uh, got a cool look to her and is is an imposing figure against Thor and his brother Loki. And uh, yeah, I would highly recommend it. One of the best movies of the year. Yeah. Blockbuster Cinema... Has been amazing this year. After last year was so bad as far as blockbusters went, this year I feel like one of the best years for blockbuster movies in a very, very long time. Yeah, I'd give nine, it a nine out of ten. I, it's
1: is that the second or third Thor movie? Third, I
0: third, yeah. the the first two were like two of the weakest MCU movies, so this was a vast improvement.
1: Did you see the Avengers trailer?
0: I did, I did, and I think it looked pretty good. Yeah,
1: I know it looked awesome.
0: Yeah, I do too. Uh, I'll, t- I'll talk about Justice League since you brought that up. Like, I feel like Justice League—it <laughs> was such a. The fi- Mar- Infinity War trailer was better than the entire movie of Justice League. It, <laughs> like, because you're actually invested in these Marvel characters. You're interested to see how they're all going to interact together. Justice League was just such a mess.
1: Is Justice League DC? Yeah, it is.
0: It's Superman, Maybe. Batman, Wonder Woman, Flash, um, Cyborg in this movie, and Aquaman. And I'll say that it's a really bad movie. It's not as bad as Suicide Squad or Batman vs. Superman, but it's it's still pretty bad there are elements that I enjoyed from it, like the characters individually. I thought were pretty good. Like to Flash, he was funny. He didn't really have much substance to him, but he was he was a good casting, good uh, good performance. Aquaman was actually one of my favorite characters. I thought he was pretty funny. Just don't see how he'll be able to support his own film, but I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah, Superman I thought was great. He's not in it much at all, but when he is there, I thought it was really well done. One of the best versions of that character that I've seen. Ben Affleck as Batman, <laughs> I think he's actually a really good Bruce Wayne. I think he he's good at that. I think his Batman is terrible. Yeah. And I didn't notice this as much in Batman vs. Superman, but my God... He can't do action. Like, I feel like the camera work, it's all these shortcuts. Like, I don't know. It just, it didn't work. Especially, he's this only human character with all these gods and, like, with these superpowers. And he all he has is, like, gadgets in a leather suit. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It didn't work for me. Yeah. But, uh, Wonder Woman, I, felt, I was a little disappointed because I liked her solo movie a lot. But I felt like she wasn't the same character here. Something was off. Something was missing. It just felt like a lesser version of the same character. Still enjoy her and her performance. But so I was disappointed there. And Cyborg is one of the most boring and dull characters of all time. He's all CGI except for one side of his face. And that's the biggest thing with this movie. Again, this movie cost $300 million dollars. The CGI looks like it's from the 1990s or the early 2000s. It's freaking terrible. I don't know if they just didn't have time to make it good or what. I mean, it is awful. Like The villain, one of the worst villains in superhero movie history, Steppenwolf, he's an all-CG character, and it looks like the cutscene from a PlayStation 3 game. <laughs> like, that's how bad it is.
1: $300 million.
0: Uh, $300 million. I do not understand it. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. I liked some things, but still, DC just cannot get their shit together. Movie sucked.
1: <laughs> I gave it a 7. That came out recently. No, though. I'm just,
0: yeah, it came out a few weeks ago. I gave it a 5 out of 10.
1: Oh, you are thinking, oh, that was, that was a little low.
0: Yeah, that was a shot. That was a shot right across your brow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think that was Mission to Mars. I pulled that famous line on.
0: Yes, good
1: classic. <laughs> um, all right, um, you got anything? If I, yeah, if I, I, don't, I feel like I may have talked about this 180 degrees south. 180
0: degrees south?
1: Never heard of it? No god, i gotta watch it i don't know if it you'd be as interested in it as i am but it's a documentary travel documentary about this guy who um basically follows uh these older dudes this like influential influential like surfer adventurer uh rock climbing guys that he's looked up to he travels there uh traces their steps <laughs> on a trip down to patagonia to climb uh big mountain down there I the name escapes me of the mountain but basically I mean it's an incredible it's incredibly narrated documentary it's beautiful he takes a sailboat down like the coast of the meaning to go to Patagonia the mass breaks he gets stuck on uh, Easter Island for like three months trying to fix their sailboat he meets a beautiful girl in uh, Easter Island but they eventually get to Patagonia to climb this mountain (laughs) And he's climbing with his buddy, who's a pretty experienced rock climber, and they get to him as the top of the mountain, and it's really hard. And that's when he decides to tell the guy he's never, walked on, he's never climbed on snow or loose rock before. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an incredible documentary. It's probably one of my favorites I've ever seen.
0: Nice, nice.
1: Yeah, it's 180 degrees south. It's on Netflix. I would definitely recommend watching it. I'd give it a 9 out of 10 easily.
0: Awesome. I went to the movies again. Uh, This time it was for my daughter's, again, for her school. Um, They did a showing of the movie Wonder. Have you seen the trailers for this? I have not. Uh, It's about uh, Owen Wilson and Julia Roberts as parents of a child with a deformed face. And it's as he goes to school for the first time. I think it's sixth grade, middle school. Like he just was born with problems, and had to get surgeries, a bunch of surgeries to survive. And it, you know, it just the repercussions are all over his face. Like surgeries to help him see, hear, blah 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 blah. He's got Sounds a deep face, sad. huh? Sounds
1: terribly sad.
0: Yeah, but but it's like a, a sad, inspirational type of movie with a good message. And um, Jacob Tremblay, who played the little boy from Room a couple years ago, uh, I think he was nominated for Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, he plays the kid, so I guess it's prosthetics on his face. And I, I was expecting this movie to be kind of corny or like, you know, Hallmark channel just like a message movie that felt really contrived and over the top, but it actually is a pretty darn good movie uh for what it's going for. Much more cinematic than than that would give it credit for. Yeah. I thought it was a great message for the kids that were there, you know, um obviously being that don't judge someone for their appearance and you know, be nice to people. Yeah. But it wasn't so Pat. It was it was really cool the way it was designed where it starts off obviously you're from this kid's perspective, but then yeah. it does this thing which I appreciated where it bounces around, it shows his sister's perspective and the parents' perspective and his friend from school's perspective and it kinda It shows that this is not just affecting him, it's affecting everyone around him in different ways. And sure, his sister being forgotten and ignored ever since he was born, basically, because everything that was required to deal with uh, Augie, it might not be as big of an issue or as sad as his problems, but it's still a reality and... It still affects her, and it's just stuff like that. And it seemed like every time someone was mean to the kid or or uh, something negative would happen dealing with a, a character around him, they would shift to their perspective and kind of show you where they're coming from and put a different angle on it. And I, I thought it was really good. I'll give yeah.
1: it a 7.5 out of 10. Um. You made me think: Has a kid ever won an Oscar?
0: An Oscar? Yes, um, I believe Tatum O'Neill was 11 years old when she won Best Supporting Actress for *Paper Moon*, one of the great movies of our I don't time. I I've seen it. It's—I think it's from the '80s. Uh, we reviewed it a couple years ago on the podcast, did a film club segment. It's—it's it's a really, really good movie. Highly recommend it. But uh, yes, yeah, I think she was—she was super young. I think there's been a couple of instances. I, I think Anna Paquin won as a as a child from True Blood, the main character from True Blood. I've uh, never seen that either. Or Rogue from the X-Men. Anyway. I know. I no <laughs> you would know her. I was her. trying to think. You would know yeah. her if you saw her. Um, I watched Wind River.
1: I saw, I fell asleep. I was
0: loving it then. It's pretty good. Um, I I didn't love it. I thought it was a little... Alright, so it's directed by Taylor Sheridan who wrote Sicario and what was the other one from last year? High Wind, Water? uh, Hell or High Water from last year, which two movies that I liked quite a bit. And this is his directorial debut. He wrote and he's directing it for the first time, and I just feel like it shows. I feel like the the story is there, the writing is there, and if he would have got one of the directors, or a director of the caliber, the, as Denny Villeneuve, who directed Sicario, or the guy whose name I'm forgetting that directed Hell or High Water, I feel like it might have lived up to those standards. But I really yeah. feel like it showed that It was his first one, and I don't know how good of a director he actually is, but the story is good, and I think Elizabeth Olsen is great in the role, so is Jeremy Renner. Uh, I think the story is a good one, like I've said five times.
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I heard it was like a thriller,
0: yeah. Yeah, and it is. There's like some really tough stuff, especially towards the end of the movie, like Hard to watch stuff, but uh, ultimately, it is rewarding, and yeah, I don't know, it's not a bad movie, I was just looking forward to it more since uh, the pedigree that came with it, but a little disappointed, six and a half out of ten.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've been meaning to get back and watch that again. I fell asleep about 20, 30 minutes into it.
0: If you liked it to that point, it definitely, like, it gets, I feel like it gets better, the last half an
1: hour or so is pretty well, good. I Yeah, well, I I think I, I had, like, read about it before I watched it, and I was, uh, you know, my expectations were high, so I was... Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: For sure. Uh, let's see. I watched, this will be quick, Bad Mom's Christmas, A Bad Mom's Christmas. Only yeah. uh, because sometimes when it's just me and the wife sitting on a couch... You win some, you lose some. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, basically, she wanted to watch it because she kind of liked the first movie and her man crush from This Is Us. The son, Kevin from This Is Us, plays a mouse stripper in the movie. <laughs> and, uh, so that's what we watched. Uh, uh terrible. Terrible. Predict- yeah. Predictably bad. Yeah, not funny. I don't. I laughed maybe once, and not even a real laugh. Uh, It's bad. Four out of ten. Four out of ten. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) I watched.
0: It was. It was. It was. I watched Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Uh, This is the blockbuster movie that came out. This past summer from Luke Passan, who did The Fifth Element, and Lucy uh, stars Dane DeHaan in the lead role, and some chick who I can't remember, I think she is uh, the villain from Suicide Squad, if I'm not mistaken, but they're like, it's basically, it's going to be hard to explain, it's based off a comic book, but it's a sci-fi epic where god, it's so original I don't even know how to start it's like all these planets, as the title would indicate, and all these alien species and and different uh, ways of life come together in this one place and there's like a they're, they're a police force kind of thing and they're trying to solve a a mystery, blah, 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 blah. That's not important. The story is whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, like, I like this movie. I I was surprised. I thought it was going to be a... Well, it was a bomb at the box office, but I thought it was going to be, like, terrible. But it wasn't. It was pretty good, actually. It it looks great visually. It looks great. Uh, Very creative as far as world building and character design and... I was interested on that level. I could care less about the plot. No idea what was going on. Did not care. Just enjoying it for... uh, Just picking out... Like, my favorite type of movie is one that doesn't even have plot. It's mostly character or setting and and story more than plot. And uh, that's the parts I liked about this. 7 out of 10. I would recommend checking it out if you're into that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've got one more, kind of, and then okay. we'll go into the video games you got. But, okay. Uh, I'll tell you.
0: Hit, but... I'll tell you when we're going into the video
1: well, games. Well, I'm taking over as host here. That's what, <laughs> I, what, I, what I was trying to say was, but, um, see, this this see, going to be hip because I caught it on TV, um, it was, uh, Goosebumps, I think it was, I, you've seen it before, the one where the girl gets the mask from the store. Uh, it, like, probably. gets stuck to her face.
0: Probably. It's
1: like one of the only Goosebumps movies they made. I, I'm i forgetting the name. I've seen it many times yes, but I yes. call it. Yes, I know what huh? it is.
0: Uh, I have seen it, yes.
1: But yeah, but this girl goes, uh, and buys, goes to a mask shop and goes into the back room. And the guy tells her that she doesn't want these masks so crazy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And... Buys a scary-looking fucking mask. I mean, it's terrifying. <laughs> and goes home and puts it on, and it gets stuck to her face, basically, and turns her into a uh, monster. Like the monster, yeah. And uh, it's it's just it's like a '90s horror. It's a Goosebumps book, in essence. But well, that's what it is. But <laughs> God, I forgot how. It was, like, nostalgia all the way
0: from... Yeah, there. I used to watch that show, too.
1: It was, like, you know, there's a scene in a graveyard where these two kids are pirates, and they're trying to... They would, uh, usually, like, make fun of the girl, but she basically scares them off, and then there's all the haunting heads that eventually come out, basically, yeah. of the mass shop.
0: The whole series is on Netflix, I think. Is it really? Yeah. I... God... For a while there, when Mackenzie was like three or four, she was really into like scary stuff, and she wanted to watch Goosebumps, or we recommended it, but we watched a few episodes. Definitely yeah. that nostalgia feeling.
1: For sure. I mean, I remember you had basically every Goosebumps book ever made, I feel like. Yeah, right? I did. I did. <laughs> I remember being super young, and I would just pull the books out and look at the covers and just be scared by the pictures <laughs> yeah. of the covers. Oh, but, yeah, nice. it was definitely a blast from the past seeing that, and that movie scared the shit out of me when
0: I was a kid nice alright one more movie and then we'll go on actually I have some TV too but uh Coco Sunday night I went out and saw the new Pixar movie Coco first time ever going to the movies with our family of four all together me, Sam, Brady, and Mackenzie it was cool it was a cool experience but the movie itself very good Have you seen You know what it
1: is? I haven't seen it. I don't even know if I know what it is, but Pixar never does a bad job.
0: Almost never. Uh, Almost. Coco is the story of Miguel. This is like the Mexican heritage, Day of the Dead. Like, um, basically a playoff of that culture, that ritual they do, where it's the Day of the Dead. They all get pictures of the people in their family that have passed, and they kind of just celebrate their life. Yeah. And, uh, the movie is the kid Miguel, his family, something happened uh, when his grandmother was a child where the dad left to pursue music and, and never came back, and then because of that, they banned music in his family, and he loves music, he loves playing the guitar, so he's like plays it behind their backs, and they find out one day that he's been playing music, there's this whole confrontation he runs, and some so-and-so I don't want to spoil anything, so-and-so something happens, and he kind of transports himself into the world of the dead and he's got to figure out a way to get back Uh, and it's this whole thing that I I really don't want to ruin any of it because it's very well done, it's really, really good I'd say it's in the like the top third of Pixar movies, which is saying okay. something because they're all pretty good.
1: It seems like a dark premise for... Maybe.
0: Yeah, it is kind of. But it's also like... I actually, I thought it was a great movie for for kids because it kind of teaches a lesson and is uplifting at the same time. Like this is the first movie where uh, Mackenzie was crying like really? she, she actually it made her cry like in a in a good way like it elicited that reaction from her like she was that invested and she understood what was going on and it was actually like I look over and she's got tears in her eyes and I'm like oh wow this is a cool moment but uh yeah it's really good it like teaches kids that death is a thing but it doesn't have to be sad you you know remember the people that you've lost and celebrate what you had and yeah, pretty deep stuff for like a lot of Disney movies and stuff have dead parents and they touch on it but this really dives deep into it and uh, it's really well done nice. but I, I'll give the movie like a eight a heavy eight out of ten but what it wasn't good and what is insane to me is that there's a you know, usually animated movies they play like a short film before it starts. Um, yeah, I don't know if you know that, but they do. And usually it's like a, you know, like a five-minute thing, harmless, you know, short film. Well, there's a short film. Short, being uh, <laughs> in quotes, <coughs> it's like a Frozen spin-off or a Frozen short film about Olaf and their Christmas traditions and whatever. The fucking thing's like a half an hour long, <laughs> and it sucks. <laughs> like, it's a half... It felt like it was never going to end. I thought we went into the wrong movie. Actually, I didn't, but I could see how someone would think that. Yeah. I mean, it, I, terrible decision. This is a kid's movie. There are kids that are attention spans are only last so long, and you're going to put... A twenty to thirty minute movie before the movie. What are you thinking? That is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I
1: didn't know that was a thing.
0: Yeah, usually it's like a five minute thing, like showing off like a new art style or you know impressive CG or like some creative little gag or story, but not this. Yeah. This was felt like a TV show, the play before the movie. <laughs> uh, anyway, real quick TV. This won't be long at all. Mine Hunter finished season one, pretty good. Never really took off to another level for me, but I enjoyed it all the way through. Mine Hunter,
1: yeah. On like Discovery or something?
0: No, Netflix. Uh, the serial killer uh, uh, TV show from David Fincher. Uh, talked about. I was watching
1: a show on like Discovery like yesterday that was I think called Mine Hunter. It was about guys hunting mines in like Africa.
0: Oh wow! <laughs> like
1: stone mines.
0: Very literal yeah. <laughs> I watched Red Oaks season three, the third and final season of that amazon show uh recently watched the first two seasons over the summer and enjoyed them and uh this was a shortened season, but still uh enjoyable uh just kept kept basically same quality level as the first two seasons if you like them, you'll like this um I don't know, like the characters. I, th- I think I liked it better than Season 2. Not as good as Season 1. Yada yada. Uh, check yeah. it out. Shameless Season 8 is about halfway through. You watch the
1: show? I've seen about five seasons of it. I'm not caught
0: up to Okay. Season 8, I'll say, it looks like it's only going to be eight episodes long, which is disappointing, but uh, I've seen the first five episodes, and it's a great season. Uh, great season so far. See how it goes from here. Yeah, I've
1: been meaning to get caught up with that.
0: Yeah, I don't love the show as much as some people do, but uh, yeah. this this season especially, top notch. Yeah. Let's see. All right, video games. you been playing anything?
1: What's a video game?
0: It's this thing where. <laughs>
1: uh, I have, but I just it's everything I've already talked about. I know.
0: Yeah. I hear you. Probably. Just playing more of the same.
1: I have been playing through uh Halo One again, but Classic. I feel like uh, Halo One is Halo One, everybody knows that is.
0: Yeah, all right. Speaking of Halo, then I'll start with Destiny two. I uh I checked it out. I had to buy one or excuse me. I had a rent one get one free from Redbox and uh one of the rare times I actually used the service that we are titled after. <laughs> uh, and I I rented Call of Duty, World War II, and Destiny 2. Those were the two games that I rented, and uh, I didn't play much at all of Destiny 2. But it played very similarly to Halo, in my opinion.
1: Almost identical.
0: Yeah, almost identical exactly, and uh, it was cool. I mean, I like, I enjoyed Halo. From what I like, I said I barely played it at all. But from what I did play, I enjoyed it. Um, I might go back to it. I might run it again. I, I spent most of my time that I had with the rent the rentals playing uh, Call of Duty,
1: but uh, yeah, I'll break down Destiny like Chris did the <laughs> other. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, I agree. Uh, Destiny Two is like identical to Halo, engine wise and graphic wise and yeah. play wise. But I love Halo, and I will play. Uh, maybe a fifth of what I play on Halo is online, if that. So I'm very into the stories and the campaign.
0: Yeah, and Destiny's you know, mostly just online multiplayer.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, Destiny 2 has a little bit of a story to it, but it's not really right. what drives what the game, so I lost interest.
0: Yeah, I hear that. Uh, like I said, I might go back to it. It felt familiar, though, so that was cool. Um, yeah. But I'll talk about Call of Duty World War Two now. Have you
1: played yeah, it
0: Yeah, I hear about this. I have not played it. Ever. All right, so I played the first two levels of the campaign. Uh, starts off Doomsday, right? Doomsday? <laughs> what? What is it? I don't know. Is it Doomsday? What? The New Call of D? No, the Normandy Beach. Isn't that called Doomsday? D-Day. D-Day. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking of like the Superman villain or something. <laughs> D-Day, yeah. Uh, Storm on the Beach, Normandy, and that stuff. Like, that's pretty much where it starts. I will say, graphics are great. Stories, pretty good. It takes so long to get into actually playing the campaign. I feel like the cutscenes before you get to play is like 15 minutes long. It might not be that long. It felt long. I'm like, I want to play the game. Are they good, though? Yeah, they're good. But, I don't know. I (laughs) I don't know. I just wanted to get into the actual playing of the
1: game and all that. But uh, anyway, I feel like when I get into like a campaign like that, I like absorbing all the. It I was like to set it up like
0: that. I feel like the campaign, at least again, I only played two levels, but I this was not like Modern Warfare where I'm I'm into the story. This was just like, I mean, because look, this is stuff that we've played a million times before. I just want to play their version of the. World War Two stuff, I don't really,
1: yeah.
0: you know, they're just hitting all the cliches with the story. It's
3: fine.
1: Yeah. Like Call of Duty falls short, it, like the first four times is cool, playing a style where it's like a, a cool cutscene, cool story maybe, and then it's wave, wave, wave of enemy, and then it'll be like a uh, interactive cutscene where you might have to tap a button to get right. away from something or something. Yeah. And that's a cool cutscene. Kind of so, like, I don't know. I feel like Call of Duty falls short with using that so much, you know what I
0: mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I actually thought once you do get to put uh, your fingers on the buttons and actually play the game, it's really good. Yeah. It's really, really good. Uh, again, I'm a huge fan of Modern Warfare, the first one and two yeah. Um, those are my favorite call of duty games and some of my favorite first person shooters, as we talked about on the last video game podcast but um yeah, it's really good uh I think i uh, I don't know um i hate, <laughs> those old style guns are hard to aim in my opinion oh, yeah yeah, I mean, it felt a little bit harder than modern warfare did as well. But, yeah, I had fun with the campaign. Uh, sniper Rifle is cool. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's Call of Duty, yeah. you know? It's Call of Duty.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, it's, it's it's crazy. That was like the biggest game franchise of all time. And it's uh, definitely worn out. It's welcome, in a sense. You know what
0: I mean? Yeah. I play, I don't know. I think it's, it's worth a buy. If you're into Call of Duty, you'll definitely like this one. Um, it's cool, uh, the multiplayer, I played a little bit of multiplayer, and God, do I suck. (coughs) Yeah. I am bad. Um. (laughs) That's that's
1: the problem with Call of Duty's, uh, multiplayer, say, compared to, like, Battlefield and Battlefield 1, the new one, uh, it's like, Call of Duty is much more spam.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, at least it's fast-paced, the games go by pretty quick. I still had fun with it, even though I was not good at it, and I was definitely getting a little bit better as time went on, but not, I, not something I, recently, I would invest myself into
1: the grind to get good at. Yeah, yeah, I was recently playing Battlefield 1 online, which is World War One, and it's, uh, I don't know how they oriented the new Call of Duty multiplayer, is it big, big games like a lot of people?
0: I want to, no, I want to say it's like 6 on 6 or 8 on 8.
1: But yeah, I mean, Battlefield 1 is like uh, 30-something on 30-something.
0: Yeah, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's. Intense. I mean, it feels like you're on a battlefield. <laughs> it's, like, intense. Uh, almost frustratingly so at times. Like, you definitely got to get the... Sometimes you just get slaughtered all the time, and there's just nothing you can do about it. You right, know
0: what I mean? yeah. But, I don't know. Uh, uh, I was playing with my brother-in-law, Sean, who hadn't played a video game in so long, but he used to play Call of Duty and he's got way better kill to death ratio than i do and i'm like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> uh i don't know i like i've said it a million times like i'm not good at the fast twitch uh video games like action games yeah i'm more of like a slow methodical plan my moves and i don't know i panic i panic when the yeah. action hits
1: I like, think that's why I don't play Halo Online because, like, Joel's so good at it. Yeah.
0: Like, I'm just... I'm, I'm not. <laughs> too much of a thinker. Like, you just gotta react. You just gotta go off instinct and just flow and...
1: Jump and I'm like, in and throw grenades i like, like, So, right, so if, if I go
0: over here and I use this... Gun, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, uh, last game I played... Right, I'll give... I guess I'll give a rating. I can't give a rating to Destiny 2. I didn't play it enough, but... Call of Duty, I'll give it a a 7.5 out of 10. Alright, Fortnite Battle Royale is the game that I was obsessed with for like a week. Uh, And it's really good. Uh, It's a fun game. I don't know if you've heard of it.
1: Nah, no. It's free, free. you were saying, right? Yeah, it's a
0: free game. You can download it for free on Xbox, or you should, by the way, or PS4, or PC, I'm pretty sure as well, and it's basically a ripoff of PUBG, uh, Battlegrounds. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's more cartoony. It's the game Fortnite, where uh, the, the core game is that you know you're able to like build forts and kill enemies with guns that you find and stuff. It takes the aesthetic, the cartoony vibe, and the building of walls, and puts it into you get dropped off on an island with a hundred people. And last one, you know, to survive wins, like Hunger Games or Battle Royale, Mm. as the name suggests. And uh, it's a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, And the map slowly gets, or kind of quickly, compared to PUBG as I hear, uh, gets smaller and smaller. So you're kind of forced to be around more people. Yeah, like you can't just hide out somewhere, even though I try my best. Um, (laughs) I actually was pretty good at surviving... In this game, but once there was any action, I was not, again not good. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I, was, I, I actually got third place twice. Um, <laughs> out of a hundred people, I mean, geez, it's hard. Uh, These people are pretty good available. at it. I would def. I I would hide. I would hide, and then I'd follow. I'd stay on the edges of the map as it got smaller, try to bide my time, and make my move, and die.
1: <laughs> People team up?
0: I think you can. Or there might even be a different mode where you can go in as teams, yeah. which is pretty cool, but I didn't get to do that. Uh, yeah, I would recommend it. For a free game, it's a hell of a
1: lot of fun. So. Yeah, if I had a PS4, I'd see this play together, but I don't.
0: True. That's true. I could always download it on Steam. And yeah, it's do, But it yeah. ain't that trouble. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Fuck you. Hey!
0: <laughs> <laughs> alright um, I have to pee incredibly bad but let's finish this episode uh, TMI, TMI?
1: Uh, just let uh, go yeah uh, so much
0: better alright let's get uh-huh. to our final points what do you got
1: alright uh, my final points point, point um, is going to be about I'm excited for our I guess announced relaunch of our podcast here.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: What it? Uh, what would you call it? Uh, What's I'm excited for the relaunch. Yeah, let's.
0: Let's announce the name. Uh, if you made it two hours into this podcast, which nobody did, uh, <laughs> you can know that it's going to be called Failing, uh, Failing to communicate. Our last yeah. name is failing. get it, we're yeah. failing. we're here to communicate, and we're also pretty good at failing to communicate, so it, it makes good. sense in a, in a lot of ways, it's going to be more of a grab bag, or like, a, uh, just a, a variety show, I don't know what you would call it. It's variety like,
1: show, current events, what we feel like doing, what we like Yeah, doing. we're just
0: going to talk about whatever we want to talk about, of course, yeah. I mean, we are who we are, we're going to talk about movies. We're going to talk about TV and video games and, of course, yeah. mixed martial arts, which we talk about on the Red About Report currently. We're going to blend it all together. I don't know. See, maybe each episode will be like an hour and a half to two hours long, longer, shorter, yeah. doesn't matter. We're going to play games. I'm going to try to come up with, like, games and different cool ideas every once in a while to throw in there. Could even talk about sports, like preview the NFL playoffs or whatever we want to do. I think it'll be a lot for of fun.
1: Sure. And, and uh, like I was saying, I'm, I'm excited for it. And my final point in reality really being it's like uh, like I don't think I could ever be like a uh, – like I'm certainly not you. I couldn't be any uh, kind of journalist review as, uh, as a job in a way because my point here being like uh, when I haven't seen a movie or I don't want to watch a movie and but I have to for the podcast. It, like, feels like a job to me, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And it's like there's something in my brain that just automatically doesn't like it or doesn't want to watch it.
0: Really? You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And I struggle with that, so I'm, like, excited to have a more open yeah, format. Because you the fights, I mean? you're always into the fights, right? So. Oh, yeah. I love MMA. And I love movies, and I love video games and music, but it's just, like... I don't know, I'm just, I'm uh, probably the master procrastinator, you know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
1: um, So it's just like, it eases my, uh, I don't know, it it makes it, I look forward to it, you know?
0: Yeah, Uh, I do too, and I definitely know what you mean as far as, like, being a job, but I'm kind of used to it by now. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, I think it'll be cool. I think the plan is me, you and Joel as a base and maybe Dave if he ever wants to do it yeah. as like the regular host. And I feel like uh like we said we'll talk about an M- MMA each week. It's usually it's basically at this point it's a weekly an event. Uh we'll yeah. review and preview the the fights coming up. And I feel like we could just get a, put our heads together and pick one thing that that we are all going to watch that week to talk about yeah. like uh it doesn't have to be you know this week this came out so we have to talk about this it could be like let's watch this classic movie we never saw or let's revisit this movie we love or this movie's For out sure. theaters or you know we'll, we'll just pick something to watch either TV or movie wise each week to like review quote unquote or just just talk about in general in a more laid back sense We'll yeah, continue, continue to do what else we watched, what else we played. Yeah, it's I'm yeah, definitely
1: we could, we looking could, forward to it. We could, we'll see what happens. I'm sure we'll evolve more as we get more into it. But.
0: Yeah, and we can still do our box office drafts and all of our specialty episodes. And yeah. It's not going to be that different. But from a mindset standpoint, I feel
1: like yeah, it, it, it will be. It gives us more, uh, you know, more play.
0: Yeah, and less rigid, you know. I feel yeah. like that's what's been holding me back a little bit lately, too. Actually, is the That'd rigidity rigidity after after five years? I'm finally sick of this shit.
1: No, <laughs> I uh, need less structure. <laughs>
0: yes. Uh, oh, I'll find a way to structure it. That's how no, I, I that am. Thought. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, failing um, to communicate. That'll be launching after the award shows at the end of I'm the year. Thank two thousand eighteen. Yes, sir. Alright, well my final point is since I reviewed Liam Gallagher's new album a month or two ago, as you were, I figured it's only fair that I talk about Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, Who Built the Moon, his latest album, was dropped last week. Um, yeah, eagerly anticipating this one. I'm a huge Oasis fan, clearly. Uh you
1: tissues, you? <laughs> Yeah, you're happy to shoot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, biggest Oasis fan. Probably not in the world, but at least as far as I know. Obsessed with them. So Flew to Texas to watch him live. Seen him in Madison Square Garden multiple times.
1: So we called George Mason.
0: Yes, we did, in Virginia. That was a great show. Yeah. Um, but uh, between the two brothers, Liam, I like what he's done. I followed him afterwards. I really... Cool still enjoy his album that he just came out with. Uh, I think it holds up even months later. But Noel is my guy. Noel is the one. Like, his solo stuff is what I anticipate more than Williams. And this is no different here. I, I I just, I think Noel Gallagher is literally a genius. Like a musical genius. Yeah. Uh, he's so good at coming up with melodies. like, I think there's nobody better, in my opinion. Of course, I'm biased, but... Yeah. He, he says he's coming out with a new sound for this album, it's, and he did. I feel like he teamed, no, definitely up, teamed up with a producer, David Holmes, who's well-known in England. He does, like, uh, more cinematic stuff, like uh, movie soundtracks and stuff like that, and I think he did a great job here. This is... One of my favorite albums of all time. I could not be more pleased. Lived up to the hype. The first time I'm listening to this, the CD. Obviously, you've heard the singles uh, leading up to it, but from front to back, I'm driving to work. I'm listening to it with headphones, and I got like goosebumps the whole time because every song, I'm like, holy shit, this is incredibly good. And every song, like, usually there's, at least when I first listen to an album, usually there's a couple that are like, eh, maybe it'll grow on me, or, yeah. eh, I don't know about that. This one, every single one, immediately, I was like, I love it. And every time, I mean, I listened to it, like, three three or four times that first day, on repeat, and every time I get to a song, I'm like, I think this is the best song on the album. No, no, <coughs> this, this is the best song on the album. Like, every single song, so that's always a good sign. Um... I don't know. Don't want to go on too much about it, but
1: yeah, I mean, I, I totally understand your enthusiasm and, um, I mean, I put, like I told you, I listened probably about four songs on the album. Um, and I, by no means disliked it. It was just, I don't have the same enthusiasm I would suppose you'd say for it as you do, but I get where you're coming from because I've had artists that I'm incredibly passionate about. And when I, I had the same feelings and same, uh, you know, reactions listening and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and uh, I would recommend to keep listening, but no. Yeah, I, I definitely will. No, there's the one song, the bonus track on the end of the album is called yeah. Dead in the Water. It's an acoustic track, and it's not officially part of the album. It's uh, just a live studio recording of a song, but it's so good. It's... Uh, it's like a classic oasis acoustic hit, like and this is something that the story behind it is pretty crazy. He was in at a radio station, recording I think like some live performances or whatever, and in between commercials or takes or whatever reason they had some downtime and he's like, well, you can even hear it on the on the the song the recording before the song actually starts he's like do we got time uh just going to like he and he just starts playing the song that he just wrote on his couch like it's a brand new song and he's just like eh, I feel like playing this while we got some time didn't even know it was being recorded and he just belts out this freaking masterpiece that's like up there with the master plan and all these incredible like acoustic songs yeah, and he after he he sings it, he thinks to himself, "Well, never gonna do <laughs> sing that as good as I just did." So forget it; it's out. <laughs> he was planning on recording it for the a next album, but he's like, "Nah, nah not gonna do it. I just I'll will never nail it like I just did." And of course, finds out later that it was actually recorded, and it's it's amazing. I think it's one of the best songs he's ever written. Damn, it's but it's not even my favorite song on the album. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the best song, but it's not my favorite. Uh, that's She Taught Me to Fly, which I think is just so upbeat and catchy. Uh, I could listen to it on repeat. But another crazy thing about Dead in the Water is that it's him on acoustic guitar and there's piano playing throughout. It's his like personal, like this guy who's been playing piano for him for a very long time, Mike Rowe and that's all ad-libbed which Really? Yeah, when you hear the song if it's like what makes it that extra special, like it's perfect. Like he had never heard the song before, he's just following them along. Like they have so much musical chemistry that he just perfectly nails the piano parts. Really cool. Yeah. Really cool. It's awesome. Yeah. But uh all right. Enough of that. We'll be back uh probably no red box next week, but we will have a red belt. Report to review the latest UFC pay-per-view this weekend. After that, sure. it's looking like uh, Kingsman, this the sequel to Kingsman. I think it's the Golden Circle. That looks like what we'll be reviewing. So stay tuned for that. I changed my Twitter profile. You can follow me at Fallon to tweet uh, to go it. along to go along with the name change. Uh, figured it would be fitting. Uh, Like us on Facebook, subscribe, rate to review the podcast on iTunes. Yeah, sorry, I'm trying to wrap this up, I got a piece of fucking bed. Uh, We'll catch you later. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. See you. Yeah.
3: Like a wild built on the sand I've been thinking about the days When we had no money Photographing you Well, it still seems funny Gotta get back To the promise